0: Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Embodied Healing Journey Podcast. I'm Kendra Ties. You may have noticed that I haven't posted a podcast for a few months. I inadvertently took the summer off. I had a wonderful busy summer. I had no interviews really lined up, and I just kind of let it go and thought, I'll revisit this in the fall. I had an interview lined up for earlier in September, but we had to postpone till next month. So I thought I'd aim for October 1st to give you a little update, let you know I'm still here. And I thought I'd take this opportunity where I don't have an interview to chat with you a little bit more about the therapeutic process called internal family systems. And in preparation for my interview in September that's been moved, I have some notes and learning from that. So this might be a shorter one. It's just a check-in. And one of my intentions with this month is to share with you the resource of calm and share with you the resource of you're okay. So, where I want to begin is talking about how it is my belief, and it is the internal family system's belief, that inside of all of us is a soul self. I've mentioned it a few times throughout the podcasts because it's at the core of this healing modality. So, I'm going to call the soul self just. My self. The self is said to have limited resource. And Richard Schwartz says that the words he uses to describe self are calm, confident, creative, connected, compassionate, courageous, clear, and curious what he's getting at with those descriptors are when you are in your soul self, you have access to and feel all of those words I just listed. He calls them the eight C words because they all start with the letter C. Recently, when I'm feeling a little off myself or I get triggered, what I've been doing in the last few months is saying to myself, I am calm, I'm confident, I'm courageous, I'm compassionate, curious, connected to myself and the collective, and I'm infinitely creative. I've been doing this in personal situations and also at work when I start in a treatment And I feel little bits of self-doubt and maybe confidence, my confidence wanes. I call in these words. And when I say them to myself, even if just a little bit, I do feel a shift inside of me. Even just the word calm. I am calm. Oh man, when I say that, a calm does come over me. And I start to settle into who I truly am. So this sounds really simple, but I do want to say that depending on your personal trauma history, accessing this sense of calm and connectedness to that self, it can be really tricky and it's not at all your fault if you're struggling with that. So just as a reminder, there's our soul self, but we also have many parts of us. And some parts of you might be working really hard to keep you protected from others, whether it's your intimate relationships or the outside world, which right now at times is feeling kind of scary. So there might be parts of us that are working really hard to keep us protected. And I describe it as being those parts end up sometimes sitting behind the, like sitting in the driver's seat behind the wheel of your bus. I was going to say car because a lot of us drive a car, but given how many parts of us there are, a car isn't usually big enough. So I, I imagine that uh, we are made up of many parts and it could like fill a bus of our parts. And when our soul self is driving the bus, that's the part of us that feels calm and confident, courageous, compassionate, curious connected, and creative. Imagine if you were talking to somebody who their soul self was who you were interacting with. Even if you did something crazy, they still stood there before you with a calm, confident demeanor and showed curiosity towards you and wanted to stay connected. That's the, I mean, that would be the ultimate. I kind of already said this, but imagine if someone triggers you or makes you feel even slightly upset a part of you that wishes to defend you might jump in behind the wheel of your bus and just start running the show, just start driving that bus. And most of the time, almost all of the time, those parts are younger parts of you. So it so it often isn't even an adult in charge anymore. It's like your six-year-old booted you out of the driver's seat and is like, freaking out and driving your bus and scaring everybody because they don't know how to drive and it's quite dangerous. So I kind of like using the driving our bus metaphor. Mm -hmm. Another thing I thought of while thinking of what I wanted to talk about this month is imagine a preschool or early elementary school where no adults were guiding the children or setting boundaries for them there's quite a high probability of things getting a little out of control. When a regulated, meaning um, when somebody who has access to themselves steps in to a group of children who need support, yeah, they're often providing support to the children to, to guide them towards treating one another with respect, kind of teaching them, this is kind of how we want to do this. I don't know if that is helpful. I was just pretending if your bus is full of younger parts, like why letting them run the show can be a little tricky. I've also noticed that when if a younger part of me gets behind my bus, the wheel of my bus and starts driving when I'm having certain interactions with my husband, it really like the 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 desire to stay connected to him actually disconnects. And me defending myself becomes more important in that moment. And as you can imagine, if defending myself is more important than staying connected, the way I'm treating him also starts to unravel as not being in the best interest of my connection and my relationship. So this has a huge impact on our intimate relationships. So when you notice yourself overcome with difficult feelings or defensiveness or, um, or you're actually noticing you're not feeling connected to somebody, one option is to say these words to yourself. The calm, I'm calm and I'm compassionate, I'm connected. Say that for yourself. And then you begin to realize that one path towards self-acceptance is welcoming all these parts of you. It's easier to welcome all these younger parts of you When you are in yourself, what I've noticed can be really tricky is welcoming parts of us that seem to keep getting us into trouble because they're the ones making you defensive. They're the ones making you do things that don't seem helpful to you in the long run. In that moment, it might be a little helpful to defend yourself. In that moment, it might be a little helpful to take that action But when it comes to staying in healthy relationships, that can often begin to eat away at them and it doesn't help you in the long run. So it's kind of like, here you are in your bus, your six-year-old just took over the wheel, they're driving madly down the highway and they're doing things that are destructive and scaring you and other people. It's like walking, it's like your soul self walking up to that part of you and saying, I've got this. I'm calm and confident. I'm the adult in the room. And being like, I love you, little one, but I need to drive this bus. What often happens is when a younger part of us takes over, often really not good feelings come along with it. So we tend to want to push those feelings away. And what, what ends up happening is we end up pushing that part of us away. So this is another way of describing how we can be less integrated and more fragmented. Because if we're pushing parts of us away, if instead of saying to the six-year-old, I've got this and you're, you and I are okay, if you're like, oh my God, get out of the seat and you pick that little one up and kind of like shove them out of the way and you kind of wish that they would never jump at the wheel and you don't deal with how they feel and you don't deal with them, it's it's another way of pushing parts of yourself away, and as I said, it's that's a less integrated person. If we can learn to accept and love where they're coming from and be like, okay. One of the words to describe our soul self is curiosity, so the question is, what's going on with that little one? What's going on with him or her, and why they feel like they need to take control and how do they feel? How can I direct connection and compassion towards that part of myself? It's a bit of a nuanced process, but once you either get the support with a therapist or the tools to start start to love and accept those parts, it does begin to help with the integration. And integration means wholeness. I continue to share all of this because I want you to find places of peace and confidence in yourself that will support your overall health and embodiment. The more we can accept and love all of our parts, the more of ourself we are loving and integrating. Some parts, not all, but some of them show up in parts of our body. A younger part that may have had to defend itself against a harsh caregiver or forms of abuse or forms of neglect. One way that part might have coped was to contract. I'm going to say contract their energy, but as I'm saying this, I'm noticing myself tighten my body. This can show up in the body in connective tissue. So parts of the body might have tightened up and those tight tissues won't let go. The earlier these traumas or events happened, the more of a pattern it becomes stuck in the body. So we often dislike those areas of our body that are tight and causing us pain or discomfort. But I'm inviting the idea of turning towards that part with love, softness, curiosity, and compassion. Maybe move toward the possibility that your tissues might think they still need to protect you. Like when you were young, the person I'm hoping to publish as my interview for next month, he explains trauma is like an ongoing loop that's stuck in the body. Our body is our biology. And so it's stuck there in our body. And until your body gets met in that place, or that part gets met in that place, it doesn't feel safe to let go. As I say these words, I really struggle with describing some of this stuff because it, it's a, it can feel a little abstract, but I'm just putting that out there. I also just want to mention that um, an accumulation of... Like, let's say you had an event when you were little where you needed to contract your body. If that's one of the experiences you had when you were little and you didn't have many other experiences that were contractual like that, that made you contract, you may have been able to resolve that through connection with your caregivers in a healthy relationship, and there may have been a temporary biological input in the body that said trauma or contraction, but through repair and connection with a caregiver, it may have been able to let go. But when that doesn't happen... And other experiences like that are also happening. This is kind of an accumulation of this is what kind of causes PTSD. And then once you get too many of those, if you, have, um, if you had any birth trauma or intergenerational trauma where members of your ancestral lineage had trauma that was unresolved, that was held in their body. What happens is those people in your history, in your family, their nervous systems were unregulated. And when they had babies, the babies were held by unregulated caregivers. And so this is, it's a simplified way of describing it, but this is how this can get passed down the line. So if you had birth trauma, intergenerational trauma, and then life, a few things that can happen, like if your caregivers were caregivers who were raised by, dysregulated parents it's quite probable that their emotional needs weren't met and so that gets passed down when all these things begin to layer on top of one another this is referred to as complex post traumatic stress so often so i describe PTSD in in this developmental context and complex PTSD Often people who are misdiagnosed or have ongoing problems that they can't seem to get relief from in our system, it comes from an overall misunderstanding of trauma and developmental trauma, and it isn't the individual, it isn't you who is wrong or at fault. Unfortunately, in our system, a lot of people can end up feeling like they're being dismissed by practitioners or whoever, or just their community, and they feel like it's their fault it's almost always because of a layering of these kinds of complex traumas that are creating that. So this is about people not understanding trauma. It's not about anything that you did. I feel passionate about sharing this information so that people who have internalized that they are the problem or feel like they don't belong, they can begin to feel unburdened by learning that it hasn't been very well understood. I think the awareness is growing and more people are beginning to understand. I did a course last year, Touch Skills for Trauma Therapists. And maybe 5% of us were body workers. So ironically, body workers are already touching people. But being informed on how touch and trauma are interrelated, I think, are really important. But the rest of the room were counselors, psychologists, um, other other um, practitioners who practice maybe physiotherapy, cranial sacral therapy, um, and, but a lot of therapists who until recently touch wasn't included in their practice and it's beginning to shift and people are becoming more trauma-informed. So that's the good news. I started out by talking about our soul self. I talked about the qualities of our soul self and... The words that I've been using to regulate and calm myself at times where I'm struggling. I did move a little bit into introducing how our body and nervous system, how trauma stays stuck like a loop, and how that loop comes from things that are now called post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress. So I just touched on that because I'm hoping that my interview later this month works out and we can... I'm hoping that my next interview can really help uncover and describe some of this in an eloquent way. So before I wrap up today, I want to offer you a moment where I speak to you, your soul self, the soul part of you that is always okay. Before I speak to your soul self, I want to clarify that simply saying these positive words can't fix all of our problems. In my upcoming interview, I'm interviewing a man who has many years of experience in trauma healing and trauma resolution. He does an amazing job of explaining that you can positive affirmate until the cows come home and use positive words all you want. But if you don't give the body or your biology new inputs, the cycle will continue to loop on the body level. I hope that Next month, we can clarify some of how this biological input works. Biological input means meeting the body where it didn't get met when it most needed it. Usually, that includes providing safe physical contact while co-regulating a dysregulated nervous system. Mental health is nervous system resilience, and your nervous system is in your body. So as I said, to close for today, if you're in the position to take a quiet moment to yourself right now, like sitting still, closing your eyes if you'd like, or just listening to the words that I'm saying, I'm just going to repeat the eight words that I've been saying to myself to hopefully land a little more in my soul self. Also, we can call that our adult self. So I'm speaking to our soul level now. Within myself, I am calm, I am confident, I am courageous, I am compassionate, I'm connected, I'm curious, clear, and creative. For those of you who have grown accustomed to hearing me say at the end of a podcast, I would also like to invite you to see if you can just feel your feet on the ground. If you're sitting, feel your seat in the chair or the couch. If you're laying down, the surface that you're laying on, just a little check-in to see if you can feel yourself. Thanks so much for checking in with me. I look forward to speaking with you again on the 1st of November. Have a good month.